Yama Joba. This is the Tbilisi podcast covering life, travel and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge and eatthistours.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. This is, of course, the Tbilisi Podcast, a show about life and travel in Tbilisi, Georgia. I am your host, Meg, and with me is my co-host, Tom, a man who I have seen drink wine out of a, uh, a roof tile. Well, in Georgia, that's a pretty typical thing to do, so I don't feel bad about that at all. <laughs> but it is a little unique. I, I don't know if it's completely unique. I've heard from, like, well, people who are students in the US who've come here and done these experiences with the wine tours, that they're like, yeah, yeah, this, this is just like being a student again. <laughs> yeah, it sort of is. Never heard of it before. Anyway, today's episode is our Tbilisi Arrival Guide guide. <laughs> it's a Tbilisi Arrival Guide. <laughs> it's a Tbilisi Arrival yeah. Guide. Yeah, we're going to give you all the tips and information as of recording this today that we know that you need to to know before you know arriving in Tbilisi. Yeah, stuff changes all the time, so things like exact prices of stuff, we're not going to go too in depth on any of that because that stuff does change, but what we want you to know is the the sort of useful information, practical bits and pieces, top tips that are going to help you make sure that you have a, a smooth arrival and you don't struggle with getting into the country, you don't struggle with the with when you actually turn up to Tbilisi and you can just get to your accommodation and and have a great trip. Or um, get here and, of course, settle down and maybe you'll stay here for six months or years. Who knows whether you're becoming an expat or whether you're just coming here for a week as a tourist. Then this is what we're going to help you learn about. Exactly. Now, we're going to start off the episode by saying that we are not visa experts like that. So you do need to get in touch with your consulate to find out. We can give you like general information, but please, before you actually book a ticket and turn up here, make sure you double check with your consulate what the actual arrival information is. Also, uh, we are recording this still during the time of COVID. So while currently Georgia doesn't have any particular COVID regulations, you need to be vaccinated. There are still regulations. If you're not vaccinated, you have to get a PCR test. Yeah. But this is probably going to be different within the next couple of months. We exactly. Sure. So it keeps changing. So yeah, just, just double check with all of those sorts of regulations before you actually try to hop a plane and come here. Yeah, there's no point in us. This is an evergreen episode. We want people to be able to listen to this in six months, in a year's time. And so this stuff is going to change. Just pop online and check that. Okay, so what's right. the first thing? So I think the, the first thing that people should know is that there's actually two main airports that people arrive into Georgia. So, of course, there is the main airport at Tbilisi. You will find that arriving at this airport, you will get here at stupid o'clock in the morning. You'll also Normally. leave. Depends which flight. That's but true. A lot of flights come in in the middle of the night. Yeah, so be prepared for that. Uh, yeah, that is the Tbilisi Airport. And then also there is another airport at the city called Kutaisi. And that is where a lot of the low-cost airlines do tend to fly into. So a lot of people will fly into Kutaisi, get a cheap flight, and uh, catch the bus or a mashuka to get to Tbilisi from but there. it's four hours away. It is. It's not just four, like round the corner. Three and a half, four hours, depending on traffic and stuff. So, yeah, when we say that's the other airport, we don't mean that's the other Tbilisi Airport. We mean that's the other main airport in Georgia that people fly into because a lot of budget airlines fly there. And at least if you fly there, you don't have to come in at 3 a.m. There's lots of flights all throughout the day, depending on where you're coming from. But with Tbilisi, if you're on something like Turkish Airways, they fly in during the day. There's a few other airlines that come in during the day. Georgian Airways. Georgian Airways. But uh, most of the other 
flights coming in just turn up in the middle of the night, which is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to Tbilisi. <laughs> You'll be tired. But I tell you what, when you do arrive, the first thing you're probably going to do, uh, potentially, don't know how often it happens now, is uh, you're going to go through customs and they're going to give you a bottle of wine. Oh, I hope they start doing that again. It was such a special thing when we turned up and they were like, it was welcome to Georgia, have your bottle of wine. And we were like, for me? Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been, we don't really understand the rules and when they do it and why they do it, but uh, a couple of times it's happened to us, it's happened to plenty of our friends. Uh, you just walk in, they snap your passport and go, oh, hang on, here's your bottle of wine. I mean, generally dealing with customs people is the worst experience, generally in your whole travels. Like, they are just the worst. But I have to say, the ones that work at Tbilisi Airport are really good. And then if they give you a bottle of wine, they're even better. Yep, yeah. Kutaisi Airport as well. Uh, we got a bottle of wine from Kutaisi Airport landing there one time. Right, yeah. So that, that's the coolest thing. Yep. You, you got off the plane. You survived uh, <laughs> at 3 a.m. to get off the plane. You yeah. picked up your, your baggage and you've, you've got your passport stamped. What's going to happen next? Okay, so the airport itself is actually, it's not very big, so it's very easy to navigate. You don't have to worry about jumping on a train and getting somewhere to another you know area of the airport to get your taxi and all that sort of stuff. You can just grab your luggage, head out the door, and there you might, uh, should we talk about sims, the airport sims? Because we feel like a lot of people make the mistake of just seeing the first company that sells a sim card and grabbing it. And it's never a good idea. Our main advice regarding if you're going to grab a sim card once you've got off the plane is sure, if you're here for a couple of days or a few days and you just want to get the tourist thing, which is like a temporary card, uh, it's 15 lari normally. I don't know, the price has probably changed. It's a special card and package designed yeah. for tourists. It's got a bunch of minutes, it's got a load of data, and it's just easy. So yeah. if you turn up on the plane and they're open and you just want to grab it, then Magati or, um, or GeoCell, which I think is called SilkNet at the moment, they, they I think they changed their mind on everything. It's all called SilkNet now. Yeah. They're better. Beeline. Everyone Terrible. Will, everyone will try and buy Beeline because they the tell you. It's the first one you come to. It's the Well, as, and they also tell you that you get a lot more data for the same price, which technically uh, you do. But it doesn't work anywhere. Well, it works in Tbilisi and it works in Kutaisi in the city center, but it's not particularly good if you are going out to Tusheti or some out of the way place into the mountains and then you'll find that it just doesn't work at all and you can't call anybody. Yeah. So uh, Magti uh, is better and, and GeoCell or SilkNet, depending on what they're calling it at the moment, is uh, is better. And Beeline, sure. If you're not going to leave Tbilisi and you're just going to be here for a weekend break, then sure, you get yeah, more data. You're never going to use 25 gig of data in a weekend anyway. I mean, how much Instagram video are you going to do in one weekend? I don't know. <laughs> and that is the good thing. Packages are very affordable. Uh, but we are going to talk about that more in another episode. We'll probably talk about the whole, you know, the differences between the different companies and exactly what you get with your packages. But yeah, that's for another day. Uh, what so, yeah, would you be doing next? You've walked through arrivals and uh, you've decided not to buy a SIM card because you have Wi-Fi on your phone uh, in the airport anyway. And you're going to need to get a taxi into town or some sort of transport. Uh, taxi is absolutely what we recommend at 3 a.m. because uh, the trains run twice a day. It's not an actual proper train service. It is just a random local train that happens to go near the airport twice a day. The buses run from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And the 337 bus is the current number to get from the airport to downtown. Taxis, if you book them on a taxi app, are sort of $10, 10 USD. Uh, if you get caught by a tout, which you will almost certainly be approached by if you're a foreigner multiple, multiple times, uh, they will try to charge you a lot more than $10. We've heard up to 100 euros Ridiculous. is the worst. That's, that doesn't happen that often, but we've definitely seen sort of That's 50, the most outrageous 50. one I've heard. Like, yeah, yeah, usually it's 50. 
50 is a good one or 30 euros maybe because, you know, you've read it's 30 gel and you're tired, it's three in the morning and they say 30 something and you go, great. And then you turn up and they're like, yeah, 30 euros, not 30 gel, which mm. is $10. 30 gel is the local currency. We'll talk about that. So don't go out into the car park. Instead, install an app like Bolt on your phone. Before you leave home. Before you leave home or with the Wi-Fi when you arrive if you want, but no, then you have to set up with your card and everything no, do else. Do it before you leave home. Get it set up, make sure it's working before you land, and then just book the taxi uh, because there's not really a full-on taxi mafia at the airport here or anything. So that's one of the options. Uh, also, oh, if, if you do, if you do, I have to mention, if you do download Bolt, you can use the code LW25S5 and that will get you a discount. Yeah, I think that gets you like your first ride discounted or something, doesn't it? Yeah. So there you go. So it's not going to be 30 lari from the airport. It's going to be like Even 25 cheaper. lari already. So that's with Bolt. There is also a, a couple of other apps that people might have mentioned if you've like read a blog post or spoken to someone that's been here. There is, um, of course, Yandex. Uh, Yandex is a Russian-owned company. And we just find that the service tends to be a little surlier and a little more smoky it's they are bringing they're bringing in regulations that actually taxi drivers aren't allowed to smoke in taxis anymore but it doesn't mean that they don't themselves reek of cigarette smoke yeah so uh you know you, you pay your money you get what you get yeah yeah yandax is slightly cheaper but i certainly don't recommend it considering you're saving like 10 percent and it's a uh, 50 worse service uh, i wouldn't really go with that uh the other option is uh, they have intermittently been doing an official airport taxi but it's definitely more expensive than bolt uh, yeah, but it was like, what was it? It was 40 gel when well, they set it up. Well, that was two years ago when, before COVID. Uh, since COVID, I don't actually know because we no. haven't really been able to travel uh, very much. So if anybody does know, let us know. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it's online somewhere. Anyway, yeah. uh, this is a, a long conversation for what we should actually just tell you is download Bolt on your phone, then book a taxi using Wi-Fi, see where it is to where it will turn up in the, uh, in the car park directly outside the arrivals and just run out and jump in the taxi because you'll have the number plate listed on the phone so you don't need Wi-Fi to get in the taxi. Yep. And that's it. And then when you get into town, the next day when you get up in the morning, you can go to the mobile store and, and go and buy a SIM card. I mean, look, if you really want to fight with the person at the airport to try and give you a normal package and not a tourist package, or if you want a tourist package, then sure, just buy it at the airport. Whatever. It's fine. It's, uh, you're not going to pay that much more. And you can, you can turn it into a regular local SIM card uh, at, at an office like a, a couple of weeks later once the data starts to run out or whatever. Yeah. So it, it's all good. It's all good. It's all easy. Let's say, it's easy. We've turned a, an easy process into a long conversation, but it's actually really easy. <laughs> I think also one thing I like to do as well as having Bolt installed before I get there, I also like to have an app like maps.me uh, installed on my phone where I can have an offline maps just because in general, Bolt is really good and you don't have a lot of jokers like just taking you the scenic route to get where you're going, but it can happen. Yeah, it's happening less less and less all the time because really, people know they're being tracked and they get caught on it yeah. and they get reported. So yeah, It's not it such an well. issue, but if, if it is something that you are wanting to know and follow, get one of those maps that you can read offline and then you can follow and know exactly where you're going as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, your GPS will normally work with an offline map if you've never used them before. So your blue dot will still move around and you can see you're going in the right direction. So that's pretty easy. That's right. Cool. And then you go to your hotel and you have a wonderful stay. And you know, thanks for visiting Tbilisi, the end. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. We're going to talk about things to do in Tbilisi and all that other wonderful stuff in other episodes, of course. So that's your, your basic first part of the arrival process. Yep. But let's talk about more uh, elements Yes. Of when to come to Georgia and other other stuff you need to know. Yeah, to, so we're talking about here. the arrival guide. You might want to know when is the best time to arrive. Let's talk weather. Yay, well I'm British. I love that. You do. It's literally my favorite topic. <laughs> Would you like a cup of tea? Um yeah. 
Yeah, if it's raining, especially. But yeah. let's hope it won't be raining because uh, Tbilisi actually has a pretty dry climate. So yeah, sure, it rains in the spring. It might rain a little bit in the winter as well. But also we have some really nice sunny days uh, throughout the winter. And Always summer, tell yourself if it's raining, it's good for the wine. And we want to do everything that's good for the wine. Depending on when it rains. Because if it rains in September, it is terrible for the wine. Okay. But yeah, uh, in the spring, it's excellent for the wine. All right. So when would you say is the best time to visit? I like May to June. By the end of June, it's already getting really hot. End of April can be fine if you're a spring person. Uh, I think if it's not raining, which it's not, it's not always raining, then April's going to be pretty pleasant as well. But yeah, May is wonderful. It's like it, the sun is out, but it's still like mid twenties rather than mid thirties Celsius, whatever that is in Fahrenheit. Yeah, no idea. Fahrenheit. Uh, sorry, thirty five centigrade is sort of uh, ninety seven or ninety five oh, Fahrenheit so, or something I so like don't that. Care. Look it up. Just, uh, you know, say, Alexa, what is 36.7 degrees centigrade in Fahrenheit? And then there you go. She'll tell you. you know, <laughs> if a machine can do it, why do you need us to do it? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, you are right. May is a lovely time to visit. There's quite a few wine festivals that happen because that's when the winemakers are opening up their queries and they, all the new wine is getting tasted and yeah. distributed and it's a wonderful time to be here. Yeah, we'll talk about that in another episode for sure. Plenty of uh, wine and food stuff coming in the future. If you do like it hot, 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 you can stay into the August months. Uh, July, August, it can get pretty, pretty hot in Tbilisi. Even though it's like super hot, this was also the most popular time for tourists to come here. Like in terms of actual tourist arrivals, yeah. this is actually the time everyone comes because I guess summer holiday time. If you are, you know, out in the mountains, if you're out in the north. Oh, it's uh, so much cooler. Then, then it's fine because it's like 10 degrees cooler or whatever and you're going to have a really wonderful time. And if you go, you know, in the spring, then it's going to be very cold in the mountains still, whereas in Tbilisi, it's, it's great in, in spring. So, yeah, there's that. And of course, if you go into Batumi, which is the seaside resort here, then uh, that's in the summer is it's hot and it's humid, but you know, you're right next to the sea. So it, it's still, you don't care. You don't yep. care as much that it's hot and humid at that They're point. Go for a swim. Whereas Tbilisi is not like super humid. It's mainly just, it's arid. So you, you yeah. don't have that huge problem. It's really hot. It's going to be 36 degrees uh, plus in, uh, in July and August, but you sort of just accept it because you, cause it's not that humid. So you yeah. don't feel it. It's not that close. It's not as sticky. So after those summer months die down, then of course we have a very exciting time of year, which is September, October, which is harvest season. Yes. Grapes. Little grapes ready to jump in my glass after a, a quite, quite long process <laughs> quite a in the middle. Process. But, you know, they're, they're in their next stage of being ready to become the wonderful nectar that is wine. Now, can you remind me what is the name of the harvest festival? It's very, once again, we apologize in advance for all pronunciations of Georgian yeah. words, uh, which we are still bad at. Yes, but that is a wonderful time to come here if you're really interested in wine and the whole process of picking the grapes. And then people will, after they've worked in the fields, they'll have a supra, which is the, the traditional meal. And they'll be then drinking. Let's not just say meal. It's a feast. It is a feast. Yes. With lots of wine and lots of food. And toasts and everything, and then the cha-cha will be flowing, and then you'll forget how the night ended, but at least you got home safe because everybody's very friendly and make sure that you get there. So although I said May is my favorite month, I mean, really, uh, September, late September is my favorite month because not only has the weather gone back to the similar weather to May, but normally even better, more reliable than May. It's like the most reliable month for weather, generally. generally. Uh, but then we're also out doing harvest season, which is a lot of fun. 
So yeah, September is the best and October is still really good. And even into November, it doesn't get super cold. So it could still be in the low 20s in November. It, it, it's a bit more hit and miss in those yeah. couple of months though. Last year, we had some very cold weeks that like just hit us in October. It was unusual though. It was unusual. So yeah, October, November, you've got to kind of be prepared for anything. But yeah, we've still spent plenty of nights sitting outside, having a few drinks, wearing nothing but a t-shirt. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. pants. We had pants too. Well, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe. You gotta, Sometimes. You got to do what you got to do. I am at the time. But what else? Winter. Winter comes after this. I guess Winter. most people in the Northern Hemisphere know this. Australians get a bit confused though. So it's good Very. that you're now familiar enough with living here that you, you realize winter is uh, in December. Well, <laughs> January. December actually is really also uh, can be very pleasant and yeah. like 14, 15 degrees during the day in sunny skies. As I said, any time of year like that, you just never know for sure. But we've had a lot of warm winters here, which has been great. But if the snow starts coming, which it normally does, at least in the mountains, then the ski resorts start opening in late December. Uh, this is actually a top tip. They do advertise online that they open on December 1st. That is like their standard marketing. Very rare. But they it barely ever, ever have any of them open on December 1st. Assume December 25th is roughly when the ski resorts normally open, just in time for New Year. Yep. And that might sound weird, but the 25th of December actually isn't a holiday here in Georgia. We will talk about the Orthodox religion and their special holidays and everything in another episode. But if you think it's weird that the ski resorts are opening on Christmas Day, it's not Christmas Day here. No, it's just a normal day. Everything's completely normal, which is great because if you are a foreigner who celebrates Christmas, then you can basically, all the shops are open, you can get stuff delivered. If you run out of drinks at 11 o'clock at night, you just call someone and they bring you more drinks. But if you uh, stay long enough, day. then you get two Christmases. That's true, because the other Christmas is in January. But we'll talk about that in some of the holidays episodes. All right, let's stop talking about weather. Oh, what? It's yeah, literally my favourite. I know. Let's talk about something more exciting. Money! Right. money! Money, 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 money. So I mentioned before uh, Georgian Lari was the currency we were talking about. GEL, G-E-L, is uh, the sort of international uh, letter symbol for this. Uh, but also Lari is like the slang term that, well, I mean, Georgian Lari, G-E-L, Georgian Lari. Mm -hmm. So it, it is still called Lari by everybody. And then you also do, that's, Mostly the notes tend out. Oh, no, there are coins that are Lari too, but the, there's tiny little coins that you get that are called Tetri as well. Yeah, so they're your cents. So Lari is your dollars and Tetri is your cents. Yeah. Yeah, we'll mention like the, there's been a range of the exchange rate, I would say, over the last five years since we first came here. The range for the exchange rate has been about just under 2.5. Uh, I think it was as low as about 2.3 at one point. Uh, really bad during COVID to 3.5 to the dollar. Well, I mean, bad for locals. For tourists coming here, 3.5 to the dollar is amazing. To the US dollar. Yeah, to the US dollar. So 3.5 Georgian Lara to the US dollar uh, has sort of been like the worst points during some of the COVID pandemic where the, the currency sort of suffered a bit. But yeah, around three Lari is probably where we're expecting it to balance out uh, in, in the next few months as COVID is over. But who knows? We, we don't know. No. But that's uh, just a quick note on that. Yeah. So one thing you might want to know, uh, definitely people want to learn about ATMs, how to find an ATM, which ATMs to use, what sort of fees there are for those ATMs, and are there any ATM scams? One of the good things I actually really love about Georgia is that I very rarely actually carry cash with me. Pretty much, unless you're buying some bread from a local stall or, you know, small fruit and veg, or even actually the small the, fruit and veg guys has- They normally have. They've got an ATM. Well, it's well not actually, an ATM. Uh, what are they called? The- 
They have a POS, yes. point of sale terminal. Thank and you. it's actually illegal in Georgia to, it's certain types of business model, it's illegal to accept cash. So you have to have a cash register, even if you, uh, you don't use it for cards and you use it for cash. But those cash registers have now been integrated with the 4G uh, terminals that take cards, which means a lot of people, even for their cash payments, they're using a credit card terminal to type in what cash was given to them. Yep. Uh, and that's how it's actually tracked. So they're not using an old school register. They're just using one machine that does both cards and cash, yeah. which is why almost everybody has these apart from like the bread people because, uh, you know, they don't they don't make enough money to need to follow these rules. Yeah. So I honestly very rarely carry cash around and I have I just pay for everything on my card. I might keep a little bit of cash for tips and stuff like that, but I'm, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm really bad with it. If you go into like a traditional market, like an open market, then sure, make sure you've got cash. But if you go into actual shops in actual streets in the middle of the city, then it's very unlikely uh, that they won't take a card. ATM scams? No. Not a thing. Not that we've actually experienced and not that anyone's reported to us. And that even goes as far as uh, in a lot of countries where they're skimming people's cards and like thieves are going up to ATMs and doing stuff with the ATMs to steal your information. Even that's not happening here. No. And that's happening all over the place. Even like people like standing too close and sort of hustling you as you get money out. Never had it happen here. Yeah. And also uh, with Bank of Georgia, uh, if you withdraw money on an international card, the fee is normally one US dollar. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Because if you are pulling out money from your account uh, from elsewhere, certain ATMs will charge you fees. So as Tom just mentioned, there is Bank of Georgia, BOG. There is also TBC. There, well, I've had mixed reports from people using TBC and saying they're getting charged up to eight. No, no, no. I'm just sorry. I'm just saying um, which which banks there are. Okay. Yeah. So TBC, uh, also Liberty Bank. I mean, they're the main three that you'll really see around town. Yeah. Yeah. There's loads of smaller banks, but to be honest, there's so many branches of those three that there wouldn't be any reason to take to, a risk trying another no. bank you're not familiar with. Not that there's any real risk to it, just that I couldn't tell you what all the fees are for all of the banks. But I can just tell you that Bank of Georgia has historically been one USD for a long time and still is. Uh, but TBC uh, had some reports that uh, they were charging more than that now. And yeah. someone said $8 well, they got charged. I went to pull out uh, USD a couple of weeks ago and they tried oh. to charge me $10 for it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So Bank of Georgia, whether you're pulling out Georgian Lari or USD, uh, it's, it's one USD. But just to know, even though you can get USD from the terminals, it's not legal tender here. Like people accept it as cash for some sort of things, but legally it's not supposed to be used, which is super weird because most ATMs let you get it out. Mm -hmm. um, uh, some tour companies will charge you in USD and they'll be fine with that. But in general, uh, aside from those specific tourist services, even your hotel is unlikely to let you pay for your room in USD. So, you know, get some gel out or pay for stuff on credit card. That's really the way to go. If you turn up here with money already that you, like if you've been traveling for a bit and you've got money from abroad, uh, that you'd want to exchange. There are certainly plenty of currency exchange places that you can go to. Um, but you don't need to. You don't need to. It's not 1987. Don't, you don't need to bring $1,000 of USD with you to exchange somewhere in the country. Just use your card in a machine. It's currently super safe. I can't promise years in the future what will happen, but 2022, it's completely safe. Uh, and it's a lot more convenient and you're probably going to get a better exchange rate. Well, you're almost certainly going to get a better exchange rate than you would at one of those little booths that changes money. And that that is one place you also want to be careful because although they're not super scammy, they definitely do try to con you. Oh, yeah. It does happen. Like They're not really, really bad, and but they almost certainly there'll be something that they'll do to just get a little bit more money out of you. 
So yeah, got to be careful with those. Mm-hmm. Especially, is there anything else about money changes that's super important to, to let people know? Try and do a little bit of research and find out what are the more reputable ones. I mean, there are some that just look shady as, and so, you know, just use your common sense, your spidey sense about I that one. Honestly, would say just because they have a nice front desk and and display for the currencies does not guarantee they're not going to rip you off. I know, I know. So but be super careful. Make sure they show hands. you They show you everything they're doing. Make yep. sure you double count everything when they give it to you and make sure that uh, they show you the amount on a calculator before you allow them to make the transaction so that you know exactly what you're getting. And double check it in your head that it actually, because this is another thing, like they'll advertise, oh, it's 3.1 to the dollar. And then they'll type a number on a calculator and you go, oh, that sounds about right. And then you're like, oh, no, it's not right. They actually, just if I actually like calculate, yeah, 10 like, bucks. They gave me like 3.05 instead. So yeah, just little little scams like that. You just got to be vigilant with that sort of thing. But honestly, I, I don't, why do you need to go to a money changer? Like, no, as I said, but no, people turn up with cash. Don't. All the time. All the time. I have this with tourist groups all the time. They even say to me like, oh, we've got some euros left from, from when we arrived. Can we pay for the tour in euros? And I'm like, so your tour guide will take you to a money changer in the morning to change your money into gel to give him the gel. Yeah. We do not want euros because <laughs> we can't, well, I mean, we can accept it, but it's no use to us. All we're going to do is go to a money go changer the money at the changer. end of the day. Yeah. And then we're probably going to get less than we were expecting uh, and then end up being a bit upset that you paid less for your tour than we wanted you to. So yeah, just right. uh, yeah, don't worry about it. And one last tip with, uh, with money though is at the ATM because it does dish out USD. I know plenty of people who've pressed the wrong button and they've asked for 3,000 USD rather than 3,000 gel. And of course, <laughs> that is a lot more money. Well, I mean, if you ask for that much, the machine will go, no. It will no. say, no, no. It will say, absolutely not. I think the limit's more like 1,500. But anyway, just, uh, just saying as a general point that that is definitely a thing you've got to check because I've, I've even known pretty experienced travelers do that. And I thought it was quite funny. I'm not oh. going to name them at this point. Though. Also, quick side note, uh, majority of ATMs you'll come across will give you the option to change the language into English. So you don't have to worry about uh, trying yeah. to figure it out in Georgian language. Yeah. Do that at the start. It's the first thing you can do. Hey, Tom, if I was going to get you to take me out for a nice night and I wanted to do my hair all pretty and I needed to plug my hair straightener in to do that, what sort of plug do I need? That, that's a very convoluted way of asking what the electricity supply is like here. <laughs> but, but sure, I mean, I assume you would bring your hair straighteners and you, you would want a nice night out if you're coming on a trip to Georgia. I mean, I would also bring an international uh, changer thing. You absolutely want to bring an international socket. I mean, let's face it, these days you want to get one that's just a multi one that works with everything. But in Georgia, it's uh, 220 volt, 50 hertz, uh, and it's like the standard Euro socket with either two pins or sometimes three pins. But most sockets, of course, you can just use a two pin. Mostly two pins. Australians don't get confused. They're not the same pins. No. Very different pins. Wait, does Australia have three? Australia has three, but it's it's, uh, totally weird. Just Australia and New Zealand have the same one, right? Yeah. It's different from the US and everything, and it has three pins. Uh, But, of course, you have two pin version there as well. But yeah, so uh, it's the Euro style. So if you go into France, Germany, whatever, same as there. But basically, uh, yeah, bring an international travel adapter and you'll be sweet. But if you're bringing a hair straightener from the US, then it might explode. That could happen. You would need a, a step up voltage thing to go from 110 volts to 220 or, mm-hmm. or however it works. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't. So I, don't I, I mean, I know that they have electricity things that help you with this. So yeah, you're coming from the US as you would in Europe in general and everywhere else in the world because come on US, you're the only people using 110 volts, aren't you? Let's be honest here. <laughs> There's a lot of Get things. Get with the program. A lot of things they're the only 
people using. You can't even boil a kettle properly because the voltage is not strong enough kettles. to do it. They don't yeah, have kettles. They don't really have kettles because their electricity isn't good enough for kettles. I mean, how embarrassing <laughs> is it that a $12 a uh, piece of electronics doesn't work properly in the US because their electricity supply isn't good enough in the US. Wah, wah. Come on, guys. What do what did you say? Like top top country in the world, leading country in economy in the world can't get their electricity right, can they? Can't even make a cup of tea. Can't even make a cup of tea. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but that's probably why uh, England got knocked out of the US because uh, we couldn't make tea. That's why they threw all the tea in the Boston. Yeah, <laughs> the that, Boston Harbor. That was probably a, we can't even boil this. Yeah. Why did we even bring the tea here if we can't boil it? This is pointless. Let's go to Georgia. They've got a lot of tea plantations here. so I The think tea is very nice here. Tea is here. very good. Yeah, yeah exactly. All um, right, moving along. Yeah. All right, just a quick one. International uh, dialing code is plus 995. So that's fun. Almost 999, but it's 995. 995 so, if you need well, to know if it. You're, or 991 if you're American. 999 in England is the emergency services. Um, if you are... which, emergency services, while we're talking about those. Oh, that's a really good idea, uh, yeah. 112, it's the same as all of Europe. It's the, the standard international um, emergency for all of Europe. Yep, so you can call it, or there is actually an app called 112 Georgia that you can install into your phone, and you can contact people, the emergency services, through the app if you need it. They'll actually track where you are by using the app and uh, you can input in all of that sort of stuff. It's a really, really good app, actually. So, yeah, emergency services, that's an important one to know. Uh, but safety in general, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So one of the things we really do love about Georgia is that in general, it is a very safe place. Of course, you know, you've got to keep your wits about you and there's, you know, certain things that can go wrong, like in anywhere around the world. But it is actually a very, very safe place. Violent crime, theft and mugging is exceptionally low compared to other countries. People are typically very helpful and especially towards foreigners. They love foreigners. Yep, gun crime is basically non-existent. Uh, generally, it's just a super safe place for travellers to be As there. we mentioned before, also scams really don't happen that much either. No, I mean, look, the main scam that you're going to encounter is barely a scam. It's just tourist tax. So people are going to charge you a bit more, and in, in some cases uh, significantly more for certain types of things yeah. than locals would pay. But uh, let's face it, it's not like those open markets in some countries where literally when you walk around, nothing is priced so they can tell you whatever they want. If you go to a market or a shop, everything's priced pretty much. It's only in situations maybe where you're buying a, a rug or you know some touristy thing, or you're trying to negotiate to hire a driver or something like this that, yeah, as soon as you're a tourist, they go, mm, okay, well, it's a bit more than than what everyone who's Georgian's going to pay. That's the sort of thing. So if you can call that a scam, which I suppose you can, uh, I just call that tourist tax and really it's not very aggressive here. So yeah, maybe you're going to pay 20% more. Maybe you're going to pay 10% more. Depends, depends what sort of thing you're trying to, trying to book. Yeah. I would say probably the most unsafe thing about being in Georgia is anytime you are on the road. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey. Yes. The driving is not a scam, but it surely is one of the scariest parts of being here. If you've got a bad driver or you're just looking at other drivers driving towards you, it's a little concerning. The rules are just different here. They're just different. You know, like the lines on the road are just a, re a request, maybe? It's a guideline. They kind of, could, could you maybe, maybe if we put them here, could you maybe? No, don't, okay, fine. Don't worry about it, guys. You don't have to stay between them. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, so people weaving in and out of lanes. One thing you'll find, especially out on the highways, is they really like to play chicken in order to overtake other cars. So literally we'll drive um, head 
first towards another car and pull back in at the very last second. Yeah. So if you're hiring a driver, you want to get one who's been recommended by someone else. Because, And even when you jump in a taxi, you are putting your life in the hands of someone else. And you have no idea whether they're going to be any good if you book it on a taxi app. Yeah. One thing to know is that seatbelts are actually not a requirement in the backseat of any vehicle in Georgia currently. So it is very common that you could jump into a taxi and then not be a seatbelt for you. It is becoming less common, I I feel, like more times I have a seatbelt than not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, quite a lot more, but definitely it's frequent where I go, oh, this seatbelt does not have anywhere to plug it into. Yeah, so, I mean, it's entirely your choice if you choose to get out of the taxi and order another one and hope that they have a seatbelt or if you choose to just go with the flow. But it is actually not a legal requirement for them to have seatbelts in the back. Uh, But yeah, speaking about crazy drivers, medical care. Yeah, you might want some sort of insurance or medical care, uh, something set up so that you're ready for for a car accident. I mean, we're we're exaggerating. Look, there are more car accidents here than in Europe uh, in general than in the EU. I mean, the stats are, are not great. But it still doesn't mean like every person is having a car accident every day, obviously. No, no, certainly but, not. Yeah. If you're here for a couple of weeks, you will probably see a car accident at some point. But you hopefully won't be the one who's in it. Yeah. Uh, we've been here for years and we've only been in one very, very minor uh, clip where the, the taxi driver just didn't stop in time and bumped the guy in front. That's it. And so we use a lot of taxis and, and do a lot of trips. Yeah. And none of our drivers have had any problems, of course. No, we vet our drivers very thoroughly for such things. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, medical care here is actually considered quite affordable. That said, we do still recommend that you have travel insurance if you're coming here uh, just as a tourist. If you are coming here long term, there are different insurance companies that you can sign up and get very affordable health care through. We will do another episode on that because there's a few and they all offer different things. So that's for another time. But if you are coming in here as a tourist, we generally recommend Safety Wing. They are more sort of focused towards digital nomads. But for shorter trips, it's fine too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Safety Wing, we'll leave the information about that in the show notes of this episode. You can also choose to use World Nomads. A lot of people know about World Nomads as well. They tend to have the most... Uh, different activities covered more yeah, so than... Yeah, if you're doing... If you're going to go skiing and do those sorts of things... Paragliding. Yeah, the paragliding here rafting. is good with all the mountains. It's beautiful to go do paragliding here. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to do sort of extreme sports stuff or you're going to do lots of wilderness hiking, then uh, you probably want to go with something more comprehensive like World Nomads. Uh, but if you actually decide to live here, once you've been here for a little bit and you go, no, I'm just going to stay here, then you can move to like a local insurance company instead, which is uh, significantly cheaper than the international ones, of course. Yep. While you are here, if you're wanting to find out any information about the better practitioners to go to, there are some really good Facebook groups that you can join. Uh, so Women in Tbilisi, WIT, uh, it's a really good place to go and ask about girl stuff, uh, girl doctors, and uh, there's also Tbilisi Mums, which is Moms, M-O-Ms, Tbilisi Parents Network. There's also a couple of good places you can go to ask about if you are here and pregnant or thinking about having a child here. A lot of people do either have kids here or do go through the process of surrogacy, which is very popular here very as popular. well. Very popular. So you can get that service at a pretty reasonable price as well. Uh, yeah. Also, if you are a client of Expat Hub, we do have a expathub.ge discussion group on there as well. Tom, what is, what's that group called? Uh, like news discussion and and other stuff. If You'll you put be, expathub.g, I think yeah. just go to um, like any Facebook, facebook.com slash expathub.g and that's, you'll find our page and then our group through there easily enough. 
Yep. So that's generally if you're wanting to ask business questions and uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah. This is expat stuff. So any tourists listening, uh, it you might be going to overkill joining a ton of groups if you're coming here for three days. I think we already covered most of the stuff yeah. uh, that you really need to know. And of course, in other episodes, we'll cover all of the tourist related stuff that you need to know about places to go and things to do and that sort of stuff as well. Uh, also, if you are just needing uh, to visit a pharmacy for something quite minor, there's pharmacies. Oh, you'll all never over find the... one in Georgia. Oh. <laughs> everywhere no No pharmacies at all every second store is a pharmacy i swear uh there's a lot of things that are available over the counter however that is currently changing they are changing the legislation uh about which medicines can actually be purchased over the counter and which you need a doctor's prescription for well that's going to be a whole massive yeah that's changing literally getting used to being uh, I really love the fact that here, previously, a uh, prescription is written on, on plain scrap paper. So the doctor will just grab yeah. a bit of scrap paper and she'll just write on it. She won't even put the name of the surgery on it half the time. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that that won't still be a thing. Yeah. You just have to turn up with that with a to, piece of still, paper. to get it. You can't just turn up and be like, I was previously on this. Can I have it again? They'll be like, sure. Yeah. And if you write it yourself, they'll go, hang on. This handwriting is too That's good. Definitely a commoner's. That's not messy enough. Yeah. Commoner's handwriting. Well, obviously, though, if you're a foreigner, you barely write Georgian anyway. So it would probably look as bad as perhaps, a doctor's handwriting. Perhaps. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So pharmacies everywhere. But if you are actually really quite ill or something like that and you need to have uh, medicine delivered to you. There are some apps that you can download, Glovo and Waltz, that have pharmacies yep. on there, and they will deliver, you know, if you need some ibuprofen or a cough, cold medicine, that sort of stuff, some Band-Aids, whatnot, they will deliver that to your room. Yeah, super convenient. And in fact, uh, as far as arrival goes, I mean, obviously, if you're only here for a couple of days, you're probably just going to go out and eat and do stuff like that and not use any of these delivery apps. But seriously, guys, uh, delivery here is great. The only bad thing about delivery here is them finding you and they don't speak English. And when they call you, they're like, which apartment are you in? But you can't actually talk to them because they don't understand what you're saying. And you both end up walking around in circles in the street yeah, trying, trying to, find to find each, each other. other. Yeah. But um, aside from that one annoying thing, actual delivery and what's available on the apps and how fast delivery is, I mean, it's very rare to wait more than an hour to get something delivered. And of course, some things are weather depending. Yeah. I mean, if it's a horrible weather day, then sure, uh, you could wait an hour and a half or two hours even. I think it's like the worst, worst we've had. Uh, But in general, uh, compared to other countries where, I mean, look, in England, if you want to order your groceries from Tesco's, you have have to book it. Well, no, it's not actually. It's like four quid delivery or something. It's not expensive, oh, really. Well, it's like 15 bucks in Australia. Well, I mean, four quid delivery in England would be uh, that's 16 <laughs> lari here. That's about 50 Australian dollars. Yeah, but here that's, uh, it's, it's not a 50 Australian no. dollar. But here that's, uh, you know, we're talking a delivery fee is like four or six lari. So like one pound, like two dollars, something $2, like that, one pound yeah, 50. So com- it's cheaper. But also with Tesco's in England, you normally have to book your delivery like three days, four days in advance. Whereas here you will get your groceries delivered within an hour. And they will actually call you and say things like, we don't have that particular cheese on the shelf. Would you like something else? Which is uh, part annoying because they sort of uh, don't speak great English either. And it's always a bit difficult. But uh, at least it means that you know what's coming. And if they have something, an alternative, they'll actually tell you rather than just putting it in the bag and you getting what you get. So, you know, that's good. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll talk all about the apps a little bit more in another episode. Yeah, there's tons of apps. We'll do like an actual apps episode. All right. Well, that's all of the things I thought to cover with an arrival guide. If anybody else does have anything that they would like to know about, we could definitely do a part two on this. So feel free to email me, megzi at foodfuntravel.com, or you can drop us a line on Facebook or Instagram. We are Tbilisi Podcast. 
uh, on both of those. So if you do want to have, you know, a little chat or, you know, want to find out anything else about arriving here in Tbilisi that we didn't cover, let us know. Yeah. And obviously there's so many other things to talk about that are bigger topics like where to live or where to stay as a tourist. So we've got our neighborhood guide coming up. That's uh, I think the next episode or at least very soon. Very soon. And there's going to be so much different tourist stuff and stuff to do here. So just uh, keep listening. Uh, We've got a lot of episodes coming and we'll be covering all of the bigger topics in in individual episodes so that you get a more in-depth picture of what's going on. Uh, Yeah. So this is Tom from uh, eatthistours.com and uh, anexperthub.ge. I am Meg from Food Fun Travel. Right. Uh, feel free to jump onto any of our websites. We'll put them all into the show notes so that you can check us out a little bit more and find out even more about, uh, you know, what we talk about just online with living life in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, there's actually a Tbilisi arrival guide on foodfuntravel.com. So there just jump on there and go to the Tbilisi page, uh, foodfuntravel.com slash Georgia, I believe will get you to the, the index for all that. And you should quite easily be able to find that or, you know, do a Google search for that website and, and arrival guide for Tbilisi and you will find it. It's, uh, you know, the Internet's a wonderful place. It's easy to find everything these days. It is. Just wanted to mention about our Georgia ebook as well, our Georgia expat ebook. If you are planning on relocating to Georgia, this is going to cover pretty much everything that you need to know, at least all of the main stuff that's most important. You can download that by going to expathub.ge and you'll see in the top menu there's some information uh, about articles and click on the articles one and you'll find that there's a book you can download. All right, everyone, we will wrap it up there. Thank you so much. If you're still listening right now, thank you. We love it. If you did like this episode, please feel free to leave us a review. Five stars would be fantastic. We're such a new baby little podcast and all your five-star reviews would really help other people be able to find and listen to us as well. So please leave us a review. That would be absolutely fantastic just on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on right now. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tbilisi Podcast. Connect with us at foodfuntravel.com slash Tbilisi Podcast, where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfuntravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com. <laughs>